You're listening to Reporters and Reported, a podcast from Cardiff University's School of Journalism, Media and Cultural Studies. In each episode, brought to you by the MA Broadcast Journalism students, we'll bring you insights and interviews with key people in the news industry. We'll examine the challenges, opportunities and threats facing journalism and get tips about the best way to follow a career in the media. This week, me, Sam Harrison and Catherine Newman will be talking to freelance journalist and author James Ball. James, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. First question, what role do you think journalists have in today's world? I think our job's the same as it's always been, uh, to help explain the world to the world. Um, That's changing because we've got more competition. You know, anyone now can see something happen in the street and get it out without us. Anyone can offer their own opinion. Anyone can offer their own sort of take. Um, But we are still the ones who kind of hopefully have the training, have the expertise to dig deeper, to find out what's going on, to check what's true, to try and tell a balanced story, a fair one. Um, But that does mean we've got a higher bar. You know, we're not the only show in town anymore. So I think the job is the same as it ever was, but the demands on us are a bit higher. And I think that's good for us as well as good for hopefully the people who read and watch our stuff. So I heard you speak a lot previously a kind of about the relationship between news readers and journalists themselves, the people that read the news. Um, so I was wondering, what do you think needs to be put in place to strengthen the relationship and the interest between the people, you know, normal people and journalists? I think one of the biggest things we can do is actually try and stop writing or um, present, producing for other journalists. Um, there's a real habit of trying to do a piece that will impress your mates rather than a piece that will actually best explain and sort of get an issue across um you know i sort of know there are pieces i can write that will get a big audience and actually be seen as very helpful and there are pieces i can write that i know will just get my twitter feed full of oh this is so good by james and you know we all we you know we all lose to the worst you know the worst bits of our nature sometimes and like the backpack um i think also being more like our readers Uh, You know, this is now a pretty diverse country and for a long time the media has kind of pretended everyone's an old, straight, white, middle-class man. Um, And so the news sort of... More people who make the news looking like the country, uh, I think, will help it connect with the readers because it's people who will understand it, understand the priorities and understand the issues. Linking in with what you were saying a bit then do you think that there is a class problem in the british media today uh there absolutely is um and it gets worse as you sort of get further in it um you might not quite guess from uh, my accent now but uh i sort of grew up in a terraced house in halifax um and was first in my family to uni um which is a pretty standard thing now even for sort of people in their early 30s um but that was pretty standard when I did my first or second journalism job. There were quite a few people like me there. And then as I sort of got more into the national media and sort of moved, you know, moved up in seniority a bit, suddenly it was as if I'd sort of, you know, it was as if I'd kind of grown up in this abject poverty that you could do a sort of daytime TV drama about. And people were like, oh, yeah, how would you ever sort of get to... So it was pretty normal background, mate. That should most people in the newsroom should be like my my one. Um, and I think there's a lot more than that can be done for it. But 
I think people want to just do an access scheme rather than kind of acknowledging a lot of it's to do with getting used to more accents, getting used to more backgrounds, getting used to different priorities, and also putting up some money. Given how many journalism jobs are in London or other expensive cities, you've got to think about the fact that, you know what, if you can't be subsidised for your first few jobs now, you often can't get in, uh, which also means a lot of the people who are more working class who get in grew up in London because it means they can live with their parents at least while they train and while they do their first job or two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's real class problems in it. Yeah, as a Londoner, I can definitely relate to that. You depend on your parents a lot for living uh, situations. Um, just following on, I have to talk about BuzzFeed with you. I'm a massive fan of BuzzFeed, as I'm sure you are as well, Sam. Um, and one thing I find particularly interesting about, you know, in terms of an audience, is that a lot of BuzzFeed news articles I read say, um, you know, for example, 10 things people will know if they blah 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 or is really catered to a specific group of people so do you think there's a danger in simplifying and um, news down to a certain group to the point that it can distort the truth i think i think it would be unfair to accuse buzzfeed of dumbing news down i think it's very aware that it has an audience that often don't read much news elsewhere um and it has a younger and more diverse audience than anywhere else um, BuzzFeed is actually very good at looking like its audience. Um, it's a young newsroom. It's majority female, about a quarter BME when I was there, one in six sort of LGBT. And it writes about groups and for groups. You know, it's not about, mm-hmm. you know, there's almost a thing I kind of notice as a gay journalist a lot of coverage almost is, look at this interesting subspecies of humanity. So a gay, comma, someone who, you know, it's Mm -hmm. explaining it to a straight audience Mm -hmm. instead of just covering it. You know, Mm -hmm. and this is true for BME coverage, etc. BuzzFeed's quite good at just sort of recognising if you're doing LGBT journalism, write it for an LGBT audience and straight people will still read and enjoy it. If there's something they don't understand in that case, they'll Google it. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you're not just explaining cultures, which is so patronising. And so I think BuzzFeed, in its fun content, will do 17 things you'll only understand if you're an introvert who loves cats more than people, uh, which I think might be a real post, and I would click it. Um, but on its news, it acknowledges it has a different audience from the BBC mm-hmm. or the Telegraph or the Guardian, but it doesn't dumb it down. It sort of phrase, phrases it mm-hmm. right, gets into it. But, you know, BuzzFeed's been sort of in existence as a news operation about five years it's been nominated for two Pulitzers in that time. You know, that's not what you get if you're going lowest common denominator. Over recent years, fake news has become such an important topic of conversation. Are you able to say who you think are the prime fake news merchants <laughs> in today's world? So. I think the best thing we can do on fake news is to retire the term. Um, Just worked on a report with LSE where we suggested that, and actually the uh, UK government has agreed it will stop saying fake news. Uh, If we could get Donald Trump to do that, that would be a great bonus. Um, We have a bigger problem on misinformation, which is basically lots of stories with a kernel of truth and then a very sharp political angle that goes well beyond the evidence. Now, we could point to places like Breitbart and sort of outlets like that on the right. Uh, On the left in the UK, you might sort of point the finger at the canary or squawk box. That's not fake, though. That's just hyper-partisan. And that's a bit of a harder problem, but a much more widespread one. 
I think if we were starting to talk about banning or anything punitive there, we'd be in quite dangerous territory. So I think fake news is the easy bit of the problem, but actually quite a rare one now. So just moving forward, obviously we're journalists, um, well, journalists, journalists in training. We'd love to know what key skills do you think are very important if you want to pursue a career further in the industry? I mean, I think you've got to be endlessly nosy and uh, work quite hard, you know. It's, uh, so the old, um, the old saying was, you know, uh, rat-like cunning and a little uh, literary ability. Uh, and I don't think that's changed very much. Um, I think the sort of, the kind of, broader specific thing if you're looking for new jobs is what skills do you have that are lacking in newsrooms now a journalist with five years on you will have more sources and more experience so if you've got something like data journalism skills or if you have a science background or if you have something you know what do you have that someone in the newsroom doesn't or what can you learn that someone in the newsroom doesn't and that's sort of got to be the clincher that might get you sort of in there that's all for today. You've been listening to Reporters and Reported from Cardiff University School of Media and Journalism, Media and Culture with Sam Harrison and Catherine Newman. James, thanks for joining us today. It's and been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.